What's up, Josh Helmer? How are you on this glorious Monday? Good morning, my friend. I'm doing well. And how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, Happy belated Easter to you. Happy Easter to everybody. I hope there is, for some, maybe a renewed sense of purpose and, and, and focus and faith and belief. And I just hope everyone has an awesome day. What a great start to the week, too, weather-wise. Whew, let's go. We are... We are leaving here in a bit. I'm here for the, I'm, I said three hours. There is nobody on the planet that is ever more worried about missing a flight than your boy. I don't know why. I've, I've never missed a flight. I don't even know if I've really cut it too terribly close. But we're going to make sure that we don't ever cut it too terribly close, Josh. Because I don't think we leave until... Three, and I'm already panicking because I didn't pack, so I got to go home after this show. Got to get home, pack it up, hit get Baton rolling. Rouge. Uh, Friday might be problematic, though. Are you around on Friday? There's no events oh, yeah. that are pulling you out of the way. I don't think so. No, I, I'm I'm trying to be more. <laughs> quick little side story. Can I make this about my favorite topic, real quick? Me, um, quick little side story, Josh. I I thought to myself. Let's let's let, let's actually get our vacations on the schedule this year and not be calling TJ the day I'm leaving be like, "Oh dude, yeah, this is my vacation week. Let's let let's get on the schedule, all right? Let's go." So I went and I put down my two vacation trips that we're having. We're having two this year, Josh, 15-year anniversary this summer. Oh, wow. Right, Congratulations. Right. No, yeah. It's it's just survival, bro. Survival. So we're going to uh, we're going. I I don't even know somewhere like in Colorado, and then we're going somewhere that we always go. So we're going two places. So we went in June. We're going in June right after the World Series. World Series is over. Gonna go and and then we'll come back in time for the baseball World Series where Oklahoma will be. Feeling that? Are you, are you feeling that? Sure. Were you feeling that at this point last year? Probably not. That's my sales pitch the entire program. But I then, as I mentioned, I, I love August vacations. I don't know why. If you were to ask me if I was in charge of planning vacations, I would always plan my vacations in August. You've always had something to look forward to through June and July. And then it's late enough to where by the time you get to that vacation, at the end of it, what are you on the downhill slope towards, Josh? Football. Football. For us, it's the perfect month. It's the perfect month. Well, I went and put my my vacation on in August. It's not only the week that Parker is getting married and on his honeymoon, but I guess TJ is out too. So of all the random weeks I could pick for a vacation, literally half of us are out that week. So whatever you do, don't plan a vacation on like the third week of August or second week of August. Just tell you, it's going to be crazy town around here. There might be people you've never heard of doing shows before because that'd be kind of fun. It would be. We should, you know what? I've got an idea for that week. I've got an idea for that week, Josh Helmer. What if we had a contest? Do you want to have a contest? Because I was thinking that I would get a different co host with you every day. Like sure. one day, yeah, one day great. could be JT. You'd have JT Gasso come in here and hang out with you for three hours. I mean, he would, at that point, probably be celebrating, what, his fifth national championship as a hitting coach? And JT, he's always wanted to 
I don't want to say he's always wanted to do radio, but he likes chopping it up, right? He'll he'll get after whatever you want. JT is welcome whenever he wants. Exactly. Maybe one day it could be I don't know, seeing if Woody or Woody Glass or Dad Turnip Seed want to come in and just and not be interviewed, but it's it's y'all's show. I'm working on that. That that would make it seem a little bit smoother for me being like, yeah, I'm out the same week that Parker and TJ are. That's great. So, yeah, absolutely. If, he can have that seat whenever he wants. But if I'm out and I'm like, hey, guess who's going to guest host the show that day? It's going to be JT and Patty with Josh one day, and it's going to be Thad and Josh and then Woody and – I mean, I, I just feel like that's a home run waiting to happen. You know what's going to be funny, Josh? Is when I go to him and ask him, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we're all on vacation that week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that's actually uh, – that's our vacation. It is gorgeous out right now. It is 57 degrees. There's a slight chance of precipitation later this afternoon. We'll reach a high of 73. Josh, I want to start not with um, the Masters, which I was thoroughly engaged in. I think most of us were. I don't want to start with softball or baseball. I don't want to start with Odell Beckham Jr. or our spring football conversations or anything like that. I want to start with Friday night. Where were you? Friday night when all hell broke loose. Where were you Friday night when we thought we were dealing with a potentially tragic situation on the campus of the University of Oklahoma? I was in the city. Were you really? Yeah, I had just gotten to the girlfriend's place and uh, got a text from mom that basically asked, hey, where are you at? You know, the first person that texted and checked on me was T.J. Perry. Really? T.J. Perry was the first person. And by the way, the only person. Um, but that's, I'm not, I'm, I was, I mean, the game was well over, right? The game was well over when this happened. And I don't, if you missed it on Friday night, if you slept through it, because, you know, thankfully it was a false flag. It was a false alarm. And and now even more concerning when you hear the story, um, there was the report of a gunman on campus near the South Oval on Friday night. And this report came down, it seemed, right around, what, 9 o'clock is whenever it hit? So the game had, maybe more 8.45, the game had just wrapped up. And I was, oh, by the way, I had a chance to meet Brooke. I met Brooke, Josh, on Friday night. She's a rock star. We were talking all things true crime podcasts. Oh, really? It was great. Met her dad. He was awesome. Diehard Sooner fan. Big fan of Teddy. And by the way, her dad, her dad turned 69 this year. So I think we need to get, go ahead and get him a spot on Teddy's show at some point, right? Teddy will be a big fan. But speaking no, of co-hosts. Speaking of co-hosts. Right. There you go. So you have Teddy come in one show. I, uh, so we were talking and I got my car and I'm, I'm, I don't even think anything of it. Phone's blowing up. DJ Sanchez is like, what's going on? Uh, TJ said, are you okay? Everything good? There's a, a group text suddenly that starts kind of populating of where are you guys? What's going on? And I just, I haven't been able to shake a couple of things from Friday night. So can we just have a quick little discussion sure. about it here? All right. Number one, that response from OUPD, um, OHP, SWAT unit, Everyone that was involved, that response was incredible. I mean, I am so 
you can say and feel how you want about the men and women in blue that protect us every single day. But by God, whenever there was a threat, you had, I'm sure, concerned but well-trained and unafraid people that were running towards that library and were running towards what they thought could potentially be a, a tragic situation. So, number one, and then did you did you watch it all, any of the coverage? Did you end up taking, or were you guys? No, just, I, okay. I, yeah, I wasn't watching the coverage. Okay, I, I, I was. So, the overhead shot that they had when they got the helicopter up on Channel 9, incredible, right? You had all of Lindsay cop cars, all of... Um, why am I blanking on camp? Oh, all the Boyd it looked like, right? All in that area, all down, um, what's that, university? I, I'm blotching the streets, but everywhere, all you could see was the cop cars, and it just showed police officer cars, whatever's the proper term, proper nomenclature. I just watched that, and I thought, man, that is, that's amazing. And I'm listening to the scanner. I'm following my buddy up in Tulsa who writes for the Frontier, Dylan Goforth, who was the pers- first person that said, hey, there's – no description of a suspect. And that usually in these types of you know, tra- tragedies, there is at least a, hey, you know, um, white male, white female, hoodie, whatever. You know, it, there, there's all these things that be on the lookout for this. And I'm just, I was very grateful in that moment to see that kind of response. So, be mad if you just got a ticket the other day or, or be mad if you got caught speeding. But holy smokes, man, whenever it came to where something appeared like we were in peril, that was, oh, that was, that was awesome to see. Number two, number two. So you didn't watch, you didn't watch any of the TV coverage, right? No, I didn't have cable where I was at. Oh, okay, okay. I couldn't well, watch. Well, this was. Now that it's over, and now that we know everyone was safe and we were never in danger, I wish they would have had opportunities like that for people that have never been on TV to do live reports like one of our network, like one of our local affiliates did on Saturday night and and a Friday night. And again, like I said, in the time, you're scared, you don't know what's going on, you're praying for everyone to be safe, but then they... (laughs) They're rolling some of the reporters, and you're like, what? Where did she come from? What? Did, is this guy eight? What's he doing on TV right now? So I just, no one knew anything. And unfortunately, in a scary situation like that, you throw one thing out on Twitter or on social media, or, or someone says, hey, I heard a dude got shot in the leg. Blah! It just blows up everywhere. Everyone's saying, uh, and then all of a sudden come the smart Alex that are like, where are the, where, where are the T's and P's now? You're like, bro, there's not even a report of a fatality and you're trying to start some sort of Twitter civil war. What are we doing? But the coverage of it, I couldn't get enough. I just couldn't stop because hey, you're wanting anything, right? You're wanting anything, Josh, and you're getting nothing. No information. But there was a good reason why you won't get any information. That's the third thing. And this is the part that I can't shake. This is the part that's bothering me maybe more than anything else. Swatting is a thing? How how concerning is that? And how on... How on your pins and needles do you have to be as law enforcement as everybody when 
something that is a false alarm, right, like that can draw that kind of response. It's it's scary. Well, just think statewide, an immediate panic. Mm-hmm. Immediate panic happens. Locally, actually, I had nationally. A- My mom was all over it. I'm like, Mom, I think. I, I yes, didn't catch nationally. Yeah. My mom's calling. She goes, I'm like, Mom, we had reached this point, you know, after about 15 minutes, and my wife is like, I don't think anything's going on. I think it's a hoax. I'm like, oh, Babe, look at all this. They said, She's like, I think it's a hoax. So we kept watching, and, you know, sure enough, she wasn't familiar with swatting. No, was I. No, was I. But, you know, it's. It come when you hear about it. Like my mom is refusing to believe. She's like, "No, I know. I'm watching the news right now." I'm like, "Mom, I understand. I understand. We're all okay. We're all safe. I think this is good." But you had people calling you from everywhere. Yeah, somebody that works on the website with me lives in New Jersey, and <laughs> was it Jackie Wins? <laughs> no, it was not. But uh, Jackie, you're welcome to work on the website if you'd like. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it just goes to show you. Yes, it, it was national news, and this. Uh, Something like this is so serious, and where we're at in this country, you you automatically assume that this is this is a real thing that's going on, and it's scary. And yeah, to think that somebody would so lightly call that in is is very very sad and disappointing. So I, I guess my question is, Josh. Now, and again, I think we hit everything right. Thanks, thankful to the police. At one point, you're watching the news coverage, and you're like. Okay. Um, now that we're good, these poor they. This so one, what happened? Who, who did they bring on the telecast? There were three people. Bless all of their hearts. Right. It's a. Anyone who was watching knows what I'm talking about. But the first guy, I, I, I get it. I get it, Josh Helmer. Right. If you would have thrown Chris Plank, out there to probably do a live report from a situation where, A, you don't know anything, and B, I mean, tech, your life could be in peril, right? right. Um, I think I'd be pretty worried, too. But they had a they had this, this, this dude that started the coverage, and then he gave way to this female reporter who looked like literally they had just woke her up. It's like, you got to get there. You got to She goes around and she gets on the screen and basically tells you everything that you're seeing. And then they brought in like a 12-year-old to finish off the coverage. Um, it was wild. I'd never seen anything. Was and I'm just hooked. A, just a young reporter? I, I don't know if it was like reporter karaoke or what. But bless his heart, man. He did a really good job in that situation. It's just, and maybe I'm just getting old and everyone looks young to me. But I was like, whoa, look at that guy. But it was, again. I just it was jarring to me. So they didn't just keep one reporter. No, they had like three different reporters there. Like, like musical reporter chairs. Right. One guy started and then he was gone. I guess maybe he had to clock out. Then they they pulled old girl um literally I think out of out of whatever non-news Slumber. event, right? She was doing. And then they pulled this guy who I don't know where he came from, but he looked like he looked like he had just got his first suit. And I was the whole time I'm watching I'm like this guy is killing it. He's also at 12, so what's what's wrong? Uh, but back to the point. So the third point then, and, and the one, how can, how can this happen, right? How can something like this happen? How can we ensure that I, I never want to have to worry about a shooting, right? No one does. It's 
it's it's the stop, drop, and roll, if you will, of, of when you were a kid, right? And I'm not minimizing it, but I really thought I was going to be on fire a lot more when I was a kid based on how often I had to do stop, drop, and roll, right? Right. Based on how many times we would have, you know, earthquake drills or whatever when I was, or tornado drills or fire drills. You know, this is the unfortunate reality of the time we live in that everyone is going to be learned up and and taught how to handle these situations. How can something this fake draw this kind of response? And then in that, Josh, What's the goal of it? That's what scares me more than anything else. Like, what's the underlying? I'm not trying to get political on you here. I'm just sharing some thoughts from someone who lived this and was, I guess, there on Friday night. And I and I learned a lot about the sports side of it, too, which we'll get to here in a second. But I'm really, as I, I was reading the email that Joseph Harris eloquently sent, um, but apparently OU is not the only school who to have been targeted by swatting this year. Um, schools in Pennsylvania and Utah have had multiple instances of swatting. Almost 30 schools in Massachusetts experienced it on March 28th. Um, so, I, I, again, the response is reassuring. Yeah. But there's there's got to be a, a more concerning, bigger goal here than just, you know, Beavis and Budhead sitting in from another country watching this and just going, <laughs> right? Yeah, well – and if there's if there's a way, I mean, obviously there needs to be some serious prosecution there because this is uh, not something to make light of. No, not at all. And I mean, bro, I'm we had a we had a guy that we went to school with. I want to say his name was Dennis Heaton. Dennis, may, may, maybe it wasn't Dennis. I don't. But someone had called in a fake, um, not a bomb threat, but there was some sort of like fire threat or something of that nature just to get out of school that day, right? And and I remember whom the kid got in so much trouble, right? So much trouble. I think he they threatened prosecution, all these things. It was a big to-do back at East Dalton Junior High, back when we were the bullets, Josh well, that, Helmer. That's not a funny thing, right? No. But now take that on steroids times a billion, and that's what happened here on Friday night in our on our campus, in our community, and I just I haven't been able to figure out how to process, all right, how do we stop this? You know, it's not my job. I I don't know that you can stop it. And that's the frustrating thing about it is given where where the climate in the United States is at, Mm -hmm. feel how you want to feel about whatever. You have – I mean, look, you're taking this seriously anytime you get it. And I don't know that there's any way to stop it. I'm glad nothing happened. Um. He said, I'm, I'm glad nothing really happened on Friday. Um, I'm the same way, man. I'm the same way. It was, it was one of those moments where as you're watching it, you're just, your, your gut's in a knot. But as you start hearing less and less, you start to have hope that everyone is fine. I mean, I'm, we've got people that are sheltering in place, locking doors at Sooner Vision. Oh, they're terrified. It's scary. So I, I did ask one question. I know we're going long here. We're not probably going to talk about this again today unless you guys want to jump in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. I'm just grateful everyone's safe, and I hope it's I hope it's something now that, you know, we can continue to – we need to con- continue to be aware of, right, and alert and, and always on our toes. Yeah, I think a lot of us first learned about the term swatting. Swat- I, I, I did. That's the first time I'd ever heard it in my life. But I asked 
I asked um, who did I ask? I asked Natalie Jones, Nat Jones. I asked her. I said Nat, Nat Davis Jones, who is over all of the um, softball and all of the facilities. I'm like, this came down. This came down to basically 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes from when the game had wrapped up. Maybe it was more of an hour. Again, my timeline was way off on on Friday uh, Friday night. I lingered longer around the stadium for some reason. But So I said, what happens if an event like this takes place and we're playing a game? You know, what's – what do you do? I mean, the game's obviously delayed, right? And then the game's obviously delayed, and you have, you know, what, 3,000 people, if you include players and fans and security and everyone involved. What do you do? And she said, gates locked, shelter in place to a safe place, and we will not – you know, do anything until the all clear is given. There were some people stuck in the press box. I, our, my buddy Patrick Dunn, who I think is already on his way to, um, to the Bayou to Baton Rouge. So it was, dude. It was, it was a scary night. But also, then in that a, I don't want to say a relieving night, right? But you were, you were feeling very confident, and very relieved. Like okay, um. It was a reassuring night when you saw the police response. And then in the end on you know Saturday night or Sunday morning, whenever President Harris sent out the email, it became a concerning night again because you're like, well, how can this happen and how can we make sure that it doesn't happen again? Um, if the threat is outside, they would lock all the gates and have people shelter in place until given the all clear. Shelter in any building or room possible. If it's inside, you would run to the nearest room and lock the door until given the all clear so in other words if you're already inside you know get everyone in lock the doors up and do what we can (sighs) scary scary night man and let's let's hope that 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 never needs to get practiced no i know no exactly or executed it was so close yeah i mean everyone would be there's certain areas like in a football and baseball there might be a little bit more room um, in softball, you would just try to get as many people, you know, in a safe area as you could. There's a lot of open area at softball, so I, I I don't know, but it would be hopefully something we never have to worry about again. So that was Friday night, people. What a night! Um, I'm glad everyone was safe. I'm grateful for the police response, and I'm um, I'm really concerned that something like this has happened not once. But a thousand times. Grateful is a false alarm, right? You never, it's like, oh, good, there's a shooter. No, that's not what I'm saying. But concerned whenever you hear that something like this can take that many resources away from what they're normally doing to protect us for a false alarm. Just concerning. All right. Um, sorry. I just wanted to make sure that we got it all out and and talked about Friday night and shared it from our perspective. I'm grateful uh, for all uh, everyone that checked in, my mom's still arguing with me about it. She goes, well, I, I don't know, Chris. I'm still worried. We're always worried. It's the life we live right now. But I'm glad everyone was safe. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Let's, when we come back, talk about Josh's favorite event from the weekend, the Masters. It's the Plank Show. I love 
I love how passionate some people are about recruiting. We're sitting here spending the first, you know, 30 minutes of the show this morning talking about Friday night and, you know, being on campus during that uh, scary moment, you know, understanding what took place, just wowing over the police response, realizing that I hadn't updated my subscription to my police scanner app. And then literally one of the first texts was, do we have a new quarterback commit? It's like, Yes, sir. Michael Hawkins did commit yesterday, so we'll we'll get into that coming up in a bit. Sorry that I wanted to talk about uh, a wild situation on Saturday, Friday night that took place before we got to the quarterback commit for the 2024 class. But yes, the legacy Michael Hawkins did commit. And in fact, I think both Travis and Parker were there. At his commitment. Really? So, so in other words, if I'm understanding correctly, if my timeline is right, Josh Helmer, there is Jackson Arnold this year, right? Michael Hawkins for next year class, and the kid that's already committed in 25. So it seems like you're getting a pretty good trajectory at that quarterback position over the next few years. I really do. I think so. Anyway, I am – I am all kinds of, of, of fired up about what Jeff Levy is doing on the recruiting trail. But we'll get to it coming up in a bit. <laughs> um, Masters. Okay, can we just – softball talk coming up at 10 a.m. this morning. We're going to recap the week. And you'll hear from Coach Gasso post-game. We're leaving for LSU. You can hear from Skip Johnson coming up at 10 a.m. K.J. Kindler is going to be in studio with us tomorrow as women's gym gets ready to take off for – Fort Worth in the national go championship. Go capture another title. Try to go get a title. Um, and what else am I leaving? Oh, yeah, NBA Thunder have the play-in game, which – if this, this this NBA time off between the end of the season. It's like, give a couple – let's go. Start start series. I understand the play-in now, and you got to get that taken care of. But you know when the true first playoff game is? Saturday. Saturday. Got to wait like another whole week before we get these playoffs going. I know it's an old, tired conversation, and maybe I'm just excited because OKC's back in it, and they've got a chance, I think, to play in a somewhat winnable series against Denver in the first round. We've seen an 8-beat a 1 before if they can get by uh, New Orleans and then either the, the T-Wolves or the Lakers. Based on the way things are going for the T-Wolves, I would assume that it would be the T-Wolves they would play if they could beat the New Orleans Pelicans. So it's really cool to see the Thunder back in the playoffs. But listen, Josh, as the co-host of the Gimme Zone, you were live at the Greens on Saturday where it was gorgeous here, but terrible, terrible in Augusta. So I've I've got two things that have been bothering me on that. How come they let them play so long in the rain on Saturday? Were you surprised by that? I mean, it worked out in the end, but I was just blown away by it. Trying, trying to set it up to where they could finish on Sunday, I think. It worked. But I felt so uh, – many of you uh, know Jessica Cootie, right, had been a regular on our show for a while before she left to go to Lincoln, Nebraska. Nebraska. Her dad and brother J- – Jake's been on the show before. We're actually at the Masters this week, and I couldn't help but – you know, feel for him because here you are, this ultimate 
for some people, bucket list kind of a moment, and it's just miserable and pouring rain. Now, again, do you pull back and say, hey, it worked out because in the end, they got everything in, John Rahm won, maybe Brooks Kepka would be different if he you know, had more rests, he's still recovering from an injury, maybe Tiger is in a spot where he can actually play the final round, I, I don't know, but was that as big of a issue to Josh Helmer as for some reason I allowed it to be with me on Saturday? I don't think it, uh, I don't think it dampened Sunday. <laughs> See what you did there. Uh, agreed. Agreed. I didn't think just there was, got a bunch of golf on Sunday. I didn't think there was any way that they were going to get Sunday's rounds in. I didn't think there was any way. But I also wasn't aware that they were going to do some some shotgunning. I didn't realize that we we're going to have players on the front and the back. And I I did like the twosome that they decided to do. I I thought that was awesome. The final pairings. Um, but they normally do that in the final round of the Masters, don't they? Or is it, isn't it usually two or is it usually three? I'm not a big enough golf nerd. Maybe maybe we'll ask. Um, oh, don't get me wrong. Golf guy will correct me here in a second. Yes, just but trust I, the text line. I usually feel like it's a, it's three always, but maybe it was just their way of getting guys out quicker. No, no? yeah, it's it's usually pairs. Yeah, okay, okay. Pairings. Good. good. And so that worked out perfectly for what they were trying to do. And then the – you know, one of the best golfers in the world won it. It wasn't some Cinderella story. It wasn't a dude out of nowhere. John Rahm's been the best golfer in the world. He has, and he was the clear, obvious pick coming in. If not him, then probably Scotty Scheffler. Some would have said Rory McIlroy that those three had separated themselves, but it was always John Rahm. Even after a double bogey at one, right. it was always John Rahm. Yeah, well, it was amazing. Did you like the story that he told about the text from Zach Ertz? Oh, it was, it was awesome. We'll play that for you coming up in the top five stories of the day. Can I make a – oh, here's my other takeaway. All right, you tell me if you agree or disagree. I became a much bigger fan of Brooks Kepka over the weekend. How so? Because the way that he handled the live questions I thought were really good. I know he's a very – Hateable dude in some people's eyes. And we got to remember, he's coming off a pretty serious injury. But whenever they asked him about Liv and he said, listen, if I, was, if I wasn't injured and if I didn't have that, what was it? Was it his ACL or was it his Achilles? Whatever he was dealing with. He he's said, had a bunch of injuries, but his, his knee. Knee, yeah. It basically said, my knee injury? kind of made me think I need to really look at this more so than I did. So, yeah, that's probably the, the main reason why I'm in live right now. In other words, if I didn't have this injury and I wasn't worried about my future in golf, I probably would still be on the PGA Tour. And I just – he didn't say that exact words, but in laying out I took guaranteed process, cash because – I was worried about my, my health. Sure. I think, I think people – most people would understand that. Mm-hmm. And I've never really understand. Like I'm not for some reason, everything everything Portnoy does ends up in my Twitter feed. Yeah, I, I hear you. But I don't know. I don't know the hate. I don't get the unless you just bet against him. I mean, to me, he seems like a pretty likable dude. He's got his family with him everywhere he goes. Um, I haven't gone all the way through full swing yet on Netflix. But yeah, I 
kind of came away digging Brooks Kepka. All right, what were your big takeaways from the Masters before you got Kepka collapsed. Yeah, he did collapse, though. Uh, he was terrible, terrible yesterday. It, it looked like we were primed for this incredible 1v1 Lib versus mm-hmm. PGA duel. And whether or not either party was willing to lean into that, okay, time would have would have told. But uh, boy, it didn't play out that way because John Rahm was unflappable. And meanwhile, Brooks Kepka, I don't think it was the hey they play fifty four holes because I look up and I see what Phil Mickelson and Patrick Reed did on a Sunday. I I think Kepka just stunk and kind of ruined uh, what was set up to be an all time finish. Maybe yeah, yeah, maybe maybe the injuries got him a bit. I will say this. I uh, I did fall down a rabbit hole of trying to truly understand the hate for Patrick Reed, and that one was interesting. Oh, there's a lot there. <laughs> All right, so Masters React, if you want it, 405-651-3439. Anything else to add? We happy? Green jacket on John Rahm, another Spaniard. Who is it? Seve? Um, Seve oh, Ballesteros. Seve Ballesteros, Jose Maria Olathabal, and I'm leaving one out. I'm leaving one. Spaniard. Sergio Garcia. Sergio, thank you, that have all won the Masters. So congratulations to John Rom. Quick break. When we come back, the best of the text line on the ref. See, we're sitting here talking about in uh, the first segment of the show, Josh, the scary moment on Friday night and seeing the incredible police response. And then, you know, you wake up to a story, you know, this morning out of Louisville of another shooter. In Louisville, Kentucky, five people have been killed uh, in a building in downtown Louisville. At least six others were hospitalized. That's why the the false alarm is so enraging to me, man. I've been so angry. And then you see things like this and you understand that uh, there's a reason for that kind of response. And I don't understand the people that make a joke out of calling in those types of reports. Someone brought up a really good point. And again, this is not a political show, never will be a... Uh, Uh, a political show, but I did like what this texter said on the, uh, on the text line, 405-651-3439. Then we'll get back to the uh, fun of the, of the world of sports. The 405 writes, I know we're done discussing the events of Friday night, and I don't mean to add an additional stress, but I feel a lot of these swatting attempts are to track response times or draw the resources to one area making another area vulnerable. It's sad that this is the world we live in. Absolutely. Good point. Now that's kind of I what... I mean, that, that, that has to be a fear. You, Absolutely. You could not have summarized my thoughts from Friday night any better than that. And then this one. the number Nick writes, the number of law enforcement in such a short amount of time was amazing. Thank a law enforcement officer the next time you see him or her. Regardless of the false alarm, they were there to save lives and ready to engage in what was believed to be an active shooter situation. Good point. Oh, and then uh, what? I, I had this one saved, and now I can't find it. But Todd and the oh Todd and the nine one eight. My daughter's my daughter is a student there, and luckily she was home for the holidays. But she was in contact with her friends that were close, and they had a shelter in place. It was totally terrifying. Yeah, I, um, we lived over off Boyd in Lahoma when we first moved down here. I loved that house. Loved that house. Someday I'm going to get rich and I'm going to buy that house. But I can't even fathom what it was like for residents in that neighborhood. You know, because you hear active shooter and then you think, let's ride off campus. What if they're running through our neighborhoods or in our backyards? You know, it's just everything. So I'm glad everything worked out the way that it did and and we were safe and uh, never really in threat. But we knew that even if we were, the police would be there. All right. Um, (laughs) 
5808, by the way, is on fire this morning. Absolute fire. He's got a trio. Pat Reed in professional wrestling. Mr. Fuji would be his manager. He stole a Scotty Cameron from one of his teammates in college. I mean, bro, he was basically, they tried to kick him off Augusta State's national championship golf team because no one could stand him, but his coach was like, um, he's too good. I, I think we'll give him a two-week suspension. <laughs> he's too good. We got to keep him. Give him a little bit of time. Yeah, he is despised. But, and didn't that happen after he'd already been booted somewhere else? Georgia. Yeah, that's right. I, I thought so. Oh, I read it. You want you want the whole Patrick Reed life story? I got you. I spent. And what, he's not close with his family because no. of his, his wife. He's he's uh, had several uh, arrests for DUI and had. A, I think there's a public intox that was thrown in there, too. Now, I think that part of his life, maybe he's cleaned up. Yeah, I think he's on the straight and narrow, which is good. Which I, I applaud anybody that's, you know. Oh, it's not easy. Right. O- overcome addiction problems. Wow. Um, the 405 text interact. I really started to like Kepka after his beef with Bryson. Oh, the Bryson DeChambeau beef, with the, uh, which I guess they've buried the hatchet somewhat. But that, they're, they're live tour buddies now. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're getting paid. That video of Bryson DeChambeau walking behind Brooks Kepka while he's getting interviewed and Kepka's <laughs> rolling his eyes. I know, that, that's an all-timer. I will never understand how you can't like Brooks Kepka. Um, and, and then I mentioned 5808 was on fire today. He writes, big takeaway for me from Augusta, Phil and Rory. Yeah, it was like they, they changed spots this week, right? Phil's usually the guy that misses the cut and waves and says goodbye to everyone. Rory's usually the guy that's pushing where all of a sudden in the final round you look up and either he has a two-shot lead or you're like, whoa, where did he come from? I think it's time to have the Rory conversation. Uh-oh. Why can this guy not win at majors? What's going on? It's been a decade now. It's it's. I did a show Sunday morning with Andy Furman, and I like Andy Furman. But Andy Furman, every single time I do a show with him, pretends like he's never talked to me before in his life. Um, Oklahoma is almost like a new territory to him, and it's surprising that people live there. And it's always treated like it's the first time I've ever been on Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> Where does Andy Furman live? He lives in Cincinnati. So, okay. Oh, here's here's this young, uh, uh, a fiery man, Chris Plank. I'm like, I do a show on Sunday night, Andy. I'm on Sunday nights, so um, been doing it for about a decade now. But he wanted to blame Rory's implosion on, on any guesses? Come on, you'll you'll think of this sh- sh- soon enough. In this particular, in this particular event, what did Rory do that we don't typically see him do? I should know, but... You're going to be so mad when I tell you. You ready? Yeah. The on-course interview. Yeah. Well, it definitely wasn't that. <laughs> right. How can you know? How can you say that? It took it took its focus away. Oh, Are they interviewing Tom it. Brady whenever it's in the middle of a game? Yeah, that's what I had to deal stop with. Stop it. He <laughs> just stunk. <laughs> it's golf, man. It doesn't make any sense. He's done other on-course interviews when he's crushing it. Yeah, I know, right? It's just in this instant. But it's the Masters. Do you interview Tom Brady on the field in the Super Bowl? I'm like, well, no, but, I mean, it's football. It's a different world, man. It's- I, I think, if anything, Rory McIlroy being so outspoken about the Live Tour is part of what got him in the Masters. Maybe. And then realizing that to some it's just it's really not that big of a deal. Quick break. When we come back on the uh, Plank Show, we're getting ready for – Patty Gasso in our post-game conversation after Saturday's sweep over Tech next on The Ref. You know what? You know what I just realized? 
We probably need to call Travis next hour, don't we? Just to kind of get the vibe for the Michael Hawkins commitment. Why not? Yeah, have you reached out to him? You know what? I was going to during that commercial break, but I had to reach out to someone to to get us a little bit smarter about something. We use our laundry list of connections whenever we have a question to help us better understand things. I can't even begin to tell you how probably tired Patty Gasso, Jen Rocha, and JT Gasso are of me asking questions about things. We had more crazy reviews on Saturday during that game, too. But I am. Um, I just want to be smart. <laughs> Is that so? I'm not. I'm smart. Is that so wrong? But we were having basketball. I don't know if any roster numbers make sense right now on anything, Josh. With, with COVID. With COVID. Can I tell you something that doesn't make sense? LJ Cryer going to Houston. Joining Kelvin Sampson. Kelvin Sampson. You left you left Baylor for Houston. That is a fascinating move. What does that mean in the what does it mean in the Big 12? We'll dive into that next plus uh Patty Gasso from our post-game conversation on certain day next right here on the ref.